0: Is going on, everybody. My name uh, is Aaron Roy, and welcome back to the AKN Sports Podcast on this uh, Tuesday. Lovely Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Well, as I've probably mentioned before, it's a busy week, right? We got an elimination game tonight. Celtics could potentially move on to round two. Tonight we got the Bruins with the elimination game tomorrow, and then the NFL draft on Thursday, man. It's 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 three really great days. It's three stacked days, and as I mentioned before, April is just that month. Right. April is just that kind of month. Ugh. Oh, feels good though. You know, feels feels good to get to the later stretch of April and really get to the climax of sports, I would say. I feel like I, I can say that about most months. But, you know, there's a special special feeling, a special factor about the month of April that just makes it you know, a lot better than other other months in sports. But, but uh, yeah, so, of course, I you know intend to talk mostly about the Celtics today, as they can, in fact, uh, take out the Atlanta Hawks today and move on to round two. Of course, if the Celtics do so, they would play the Philadelphia 76ers in round two. Uh, but, obviously, more importantly, it's just to get the series out of the way. But uh, before I get into that, I, j- I want to talk about the Sox, because I-, I know yesterday was a-, a little bit of a disappointing game for the Sox, considering they had a pretty solid lead, and then Chris Sale had another meltdown, and, you know, it, it was just uh, the classic Red Sox. So, if you missed it, by the way, I was, I was in the midst of covering this game, too, when, uh, when they were up 4-0, but they ended up losing 5-4. So yeah, they, they had a solid lead, started off really hot, and then it just cooled off later on, really bad outing. From uh, from Chris Sale, but they lost five four on the road to Baltimore. Bear in mind the Orioles have been pretty damn good this season so far, but uh, again, it was a hot start for the Sox. Right, Tristan Casas hit a, a solo shot in the second inning, four twenty six over the over the wall, made it one nothing Sox, and then Verdugo singled to right, Wong scored, made it two nothing, and then Rafael Devers hit a two run blast, three hundred eighty seven feet. They're up four nothing after three innings, and so they're thinking, "Hey, you know, just, they can hold on to this." But then uh, Adam Frazier singled to left, Mullen scored, got the Orioles on the board four to one. And then uh, Urias doubled, to, uh, Urias doubled to center, and both Ryan Malcastle and Santander scored, so they made it a one run game at four to three. And then Jared McCann singled to right, uh, Urias scored, tied the game at four. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Austin Hayes singled to left, Jorge Mateo scored, which ended up being the game winning run. And again, after what was a pretty good start for the Sox. Hitless, not hitless, but runless after the third inning. I mean, you know. So that's kind of a mix of Chris Sale having a little bit of a tough day, but also the hitters just going completely silent. Then again, you need to, you know, you need to show up in games like these. So yeah, I mean, for the hitters, again, it wasn't the craziest of games, but it was a great start. Verdugo was one for four with a run and an RBI. Devers did hit the uh, solo shot, or the two-run blast, excuse me. Justin Turner was one for four. Masataka Yoshida, though. I will admit, though, after having that crazy game on Sunday, he went 3-for-3. Three three. Asataka Yoshida had a damn good... He was 3-for-3. Three three. Uh, Kike was 0-for-4. Casas was 1-for-4. His only hit was that solo shot. Duran was 0-for-4. Wong was 0-for-1. Uh, Yu Chang was 0-for-3. So, again. But for Chris Sale... Yeah, no. This, that was a, a pathetic game for Chris Sale. I mean, 83 pitches in 5 innings, right? Because if you've watched Chris Sale so far this year, it's been just... You know, rough start. He had that one really good game against Minnesota when he had 11 strikeouts, and he's just back to being that guy again. So... 83 pitches in five innings, coughed up nine hits, five runs, walked one, no strikeouts. So that's 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 just been the typical season for Chris Sale. And then again, the bullpen didn't do too bad either. Ryan Brazier in the sixth on 11 pitches, and then uh, Bernard uh, Brennan Bernardino made his Sox debut out of the pen in the final two innings, and he you know 34 pitches in the eighth and ninth, and he or sorry in the seventh and eighth, and uh, he did cough up four hits. So again, just a tough day for Chris Sale. The hitters went quiet after the first and. You know, again, there's plenty more time to do this. So the Sox uh, fall to 12 and 12, which, to be honest with you, is is really not in need of a a panic of some sort. But you know, it is what it is. And again, as we know, they are back at it tonight, right? They're in Baltimore for Game Two against uh, the Orioles, of course. And it's uh Kyle Bradish against um, Corey Kluber. Which, uh yeah, Corey Kluber, if you've Pay attention to his first couple of starts here. Has been pretty bad. He has not been great, but uh, yeah. So the Sox are going with a lineup of uh, Verdugo at right, Devers on third, Justin Turner at the DH, Yoshida at left, uh, Kike back to shortstop, Cossis at first, uh, Jaron Duran at center field, Royal back on second, and then uh, Reese McGuire at catcher. So again, I, I just think you know for this game in particular, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit of a better uh better stretch from Corey Kluber who's had a pretty Pretty rough start so far, but uh, you know we'll see how he goes against Kyle Bradish. So once again, Sox and Orioles, Corey Kluber versus Kyle Bradish. We shall see. Um, and I think they did put Yu Chang on the IL, and they promoted Emmanuel Valdez to the uh, fifty uh, to the to the full uh, the, what is it twenty man roster. So you, will be, you know we'll be seeing more of that alternation between him and Arroyo at the second base shortstop position. So you know that's kind of how that is. But uh yeah, so that's what we got going on with the Sox tonight. But yes, tonight we've got ourselves an elimination game. And you know, I don't, there's really not much to talk about for this, right? We know what's be what's expected, we know what's expected for Atlanta. But yes, tonight is an elimination game. The Celtics can beat the Hawks. They have a 3-1 lead, and of course, Atlanta to make this even more difficult for them are without DeJounte Murray, who is being suspended for this game alone for bumping into the ref and saying something stupid. And I went over it yesterday, I went over it the other day on how stupid and how r- ridiculous he is for, for for even thinking about that, but at the same time, he probably wasn't thinking anyway. So, I mean, for the Celtics, it's really just to be just to keep up the same energy, right? The same level of energy they've had, you know, towards the end of Game 4, the same energy that they had coming out in Games 1 and 2. It just seems like this is the golden opportunity. Like, there's not much else to say but that the Celtics winning Game 4 basically capped off this series, right? They coughed up that one against Atlanta in Game 3, you know, too weak defensively, a little bit too, you know, inconsistent off the bench. But them getting that Game 4 win and then mixing in the loss of DeJounte Murray is just a complete setup for a disaster for Atlanta. Uh, I'm not going to say the Celtics destroy them tonight, but I think, you know, it's pretty fair that, you know, Atlanta missing their most consistent score. And statistically speaking, if you look at this series so far, DeJounte Murray was their most consistent scorer next to Trey Young. And I just think Atlanta having to rely on legitimately Trey Young and having to maybe you know because obviously you're gonna th- you're gonna see Bogdanovich get in the starting rotation uh, in place of Dejounte. That's what I'm expecting to see uh, as Bogdan's dropped double figures a couple of times in the series. So, but um, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just it's just tough for Atlanta. You know, your season's on the line. You're down three one and you're missing Dejounte. Like that is that that's got to be. I mean, for management, that's got to be incredibly infuriating. Uh, all, I mean, you know, considering that DeJounte has been a big part of this, um, that's what makes it even worse, is, you know, DeJounte has been a part of this team, and, you know, he's a very big reason why this team made it to this series, let alone has a win in this series, and that dude costed, I mean, like, I don't want to say costed the series, because, you know, I think a lot of people would be still favoriting the Celtics in this game, back at home with a 3-1 lead, but, uh, yeah, I think the Celtics can cap it off tonight, and, uh, you know, hopefully it ends tonight, because you can focus on Philly in the second round, but, then again, just got to show up in this game, take out Trey Young, step up on the bench, and stay consistent. Again, setting the tone in the first quarter has been kind of the big thing for them because um, I don't rely on, you know, because I remember watching game two last Tuesday that was, you know, kind of the opposite of that, where they didn't have to set the tone and then the Hawks just went completely quiet for like five straight minutes. So, uh, but yeah, that's what I've got for today, man. Celtics Hawks game five. Celtics lead three games to one. Hopefully, the Celtics end that series tonight. So, hopefully, we can talk about that at the other day. So that's what we got going on tonight. Uh, but yesterday, on the other hand, we had two really good playoff games. And and I've been I've been more excited to go over last night's playoff games in the NBA than tonight's Celtics game. Because both games were great. The first game was even more incredible, and even right now, is, is still shocking me. Um But how about in game five? Or uh, sorry, game four of the Bucks and Heat series. So I was saying this, as many others were saying, that this Was a must win for Milwaukee. You're down two games to one. You're on the road and you got Giannis back. The excuses should be at an all time low. For losing this game. And they lost to the Miami Heat. 119-114. In a game that they had control in. So obviously the, the, the first guy everybody's thinking of in this game is Jimmy Butler. Because holy shit did that guy show up. I mean that was one of the greatest playoff performances in recent memory. That is, without a doubt, one of the greatest playoff performances in recent history. Forget about Jimmy Butler dropping 56 points in a crucial game, but seeing Miami come back like that in the fourth quarter and just witnessing this Bucks team, the team with the best record in the NBA, collapse like that in the fourth quarter was unbelievable. Now, obviously, Giannis didn't look himself. I think that I think that's very fair to say. He dropped 26, he did what he had to do, but he was not himself. And the guy that actually did step up in this game was Brooke Lopez. Brook Lopez dropped 36 for the Bucs in this game. And apparently, Bam couldn't do anything about him. Nobody could stop Jimmy Butler. Nobody could stop Brook Lopez. I mean, Brook dropped 36. But again, this is the type of game that I'm thinking, okay, Milwaukee has this, right? Giannis is back in the rotation. They set the tone early on. They're shooting pretty well. They got a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. And then all it took was Jimmy Butler just taking on three, four guys in the paint, drawing fouls, finishing well. And the dude was out of his mind. The dude was out of his mind. But to see that this Bucks team is down three games to one against the Miami team that shouldn't even be here. Again, this is a Heat team that was a play-in team. They were the laughingstock of the later part of the East because they underperformed so badly. They literally did had a... They were literally, talent-wise, a worse team than last year. They barely made the playoffs. And this team is a win away from wiping you guys out in the first round. I mean, listen, I came out here and everybody else said, this is not the team you want to play. That's what I kept saying too, Right? When we were choosing between Miami and Atlanta, right? People were gassing up Atlanta. People were gassing up both these teams. Again, I I credit more to Miami for the series. I I still give credit to Miami in the series, but also Milwaukee is practically handed to them in this case. That, you know, I mean, two full games without Giannis is obviously devastating, and I I guarantee Milwaukee takes one of them. But again, you have a game like this where it's a golden opportunity. You're still in the series. Giannis is back. You're on the road. There's no excuses in that regard. He dropped 26. And they're a loss away from being beaten in five games. Again, I don't think it's going to happen in five. I do think the Bucs are going to squeeze out one more. But I I still can't believe it. And listen, I was someone that was calling this Bucs team fraudulent, right? This team had an easy schedule the later stretch of the year. Giannis was on a tear the later stretch of the season. They were healthy towards the end of the year. The Celtics had their ups and downs towards the end of the season as well with injuries. And that basically gave the Bucs the the easy number one seed and technically the best record in the NBA. And they are a loss away from being taken out in the first round. All thanks to Jimmy Butler, who literally put on one of the greatest playoff performances in NBA history. 56 points. I, I was out of my mind. And by the way, another guy that I want to shout out for this game is Kevin Harlan, uh, who is obviously one of the most respected announcers in, in history. Kevin Harlan called one of the greatest NBA games of all time. If you if you go back and watch the later fourth quarter of that game, Kevin Harlan called it an incredible game. Jimmy Butler had one of the greatest hot hot streaks in playoff history. The dude was not missing. The dude was, you know, taking on two, three guys in the paint. The dude was not afraid to do so. And the dude just went off in the fourth quarter. And it was a mix of that with Milwaukee just... In, in distraught they couldn't believe what they were seeing I do think that plays a, a, a mix of that it's like the Bucs were in control in this game it's not like they came out in this game shot 20% Miami had the levers, and then they came back and then that happened in the fourth no they were in control they had a double digit lead in the fourth quarter they were up by I believe 15 points in the fourth and it's an almost gimme for them to win that game and close it out and they're seeing Jimmy Butler just drive through everybody score out of his mind and dropping 50 plus in in a game and now they're down three games to one like, the shock has to be there. And again, it's possible. And, again, I, I mean, Miami finishing off the series would obviously be insane. And seeing them leading the series three games to one, it's it's crazy in the, in the fact that this is, number one, the best team in the NBA record-wise. And regardless of who they're playing, that's still embarrassing. But number two, this is a Miami team that just should not be here. They shouldn't be here. They should not be in this situation right now. Playing teams barely get make their way they snake their way into a playoff series they shouldn't be in this situation and they are a win away by they're a win away from beating the best team in the nba in five games that's a scary look it's a scary look so holy shit dude 56 from jimmy butler i mean wow that fourth quarter was one of the most intense, dominant fourth quarters I've seen from not just a team, from a player in particular, man. That Jimmy Butler performance, man, that's going to be remembered for a long time. Long, 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 long time, man. So the huh, the Miami Heat are a win away from eliminating the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks with a 3-1 lead. It's, it's insane, man. And then after that, we had game uh, we had game four of the Lakers-Grizzlies game, which was a little closer. Grizzlies got Dylan Brooks back, but the Lakers, they're also a win away from going on to round two. Which, uh, to be honest with you, a lot of us expect to see out of a Lakers team that found its rhythm in the second half of the year, and LeBron and AD are healthy, and a Grizzlies team that just really, really proved to people that they were overrated and... and you know, are clearly inexperienced. That's where I, I think the lev- that's where the line is being drawn is is the level of experience. But I mean, first off, I, I hate to admit it because I am not a LeBron guy, and we sensed a little of this a little bit of this in Game Three. Now it doesn't say much when you're playing a team like the Grizzlies because I, I I've never been a fan of this team. I love Jaw. There's nothing else outside of Jaw that I, I like, and if anything, Jaw being likable in the NBA right now is on thin ice. Outside of Jaw and maybe Steven Adams and possibly Desmond Bain. There is nothing to like about the Grizzlies besides that they're a sad franchise that finally has a competing team after so many long-ass years. And, I mean, again, right? Last year, you guys gassed yourselves up. You lost to the Warriors in the second round. You managed to improve yourselves a year after. And now you're a loss away from being limited uh, limited by a team... That was 2-10 at the beginning of the year and has been been accused of a washed, poorly built team led by one of the most overrated players in the history of sports, LeBron James. And I would love to back up that narrative because I hate LeBron, but I truly believe... And again, for Dylan Brooks to be the instigator is sad. It shouldn't be Dylan Brooks because he's not good. He's just a very average, sharp-shooting guard. There's nothing special about him. He's not even the... I mean, I would even say he's not even the second best player on that team. Right. I mean, I was I would guess Desmond Bain up more than than Dylan Brooks is the second most impactful player uh on that team. And I mean, they gassed up LeBron to go out there and, and play his ass off. And he 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 showed up. He did so. Um he dropped twenty two. Him and Austin Reeves both did what they had to do, man. Austin Reeves at twenty three. So, again, like, I picked Lakers in six, right? I, I I rolled with the experience of this team playing a role and, and getting by against this team. There is not a chance the Grizzlies are... Co- Listen, coming back down 3-1 against any team in any sport is very hard, especially in basketball. But against LeBron, I, I can't see it. Again, I'm a, I, I do not like LeBron. I will trash him as much as possible. But the Dylan Brooks beef, the Dylan Brooks stirring the pot BS did kind of play a role in LeBron's efficiency because we are seeing LeBron and I did see LeBron especially this game and a little bit of game three be a bit more aggressive be a bit more of a solo man of taking guys to the rim one-on-one and he looked great man but uh Reeves on the other hand dude 23 from that kid I'm never a fan of seeing random ass white dude succeed in the NBA just feels forced but he dropped 23 man 23 from him LeBron 22 12 from Freaking Dennis Schroeder off the bench. Insane. And you know what? I feel so bad for... for, Actually, if anything, John didn't even play that good. I mean, he dropped 45. Almost gave the Grizzlies the comeback of the century in Game 3. But it was actually Desmond Bain that played his ass off, and he dropped 36. But guess what? Dylan Brooks came back after getting ejected for hammering LeBron in the balls. The dude dropped 11 points. Like, okay, hey, you got ejected in this game. Here's your chance. You're down two games to one. You're on the road. Here's your chance now. And you drop 11 points. I want to be on Dylan Brooks's side of this beef, but it's almost, it's legitimately impossible. So, the Lakers, one win away from round two. The fucking Lakers. Goddamn, man. Love it. Hate it. That's that. And then yesterday we also had we also had again a lot of great games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That I'll go over in just a minute. But hey, how about those New Jersey Devils? They just tied up the series, two games apiece, so they couldn't win in Jersey, but they could win in Madison Square Garden. They beat the, they beat the Rangers three to one, and uh, again, all three of their goals came from Jack Hughes, Segan Taylor, and Andre Pallott. Um Now again, it was that was pretty much all in the third period because it was one nothing up until the third. When Vincent Trochik scored his first of the series. But they just took over later in the third. And... I mean, hey. Siegenthaler with a goal and an assist. Just a great defensive game here by the Devils. So... We got ourselves a series. Tied at two games apiece there at the Rangers and the Devils. But this game was insane. And this game... Was like the Leafs going back and watching a game from ten years ago. And... the the, the Somehow, someway... The Leafs came back... And beat the Lightning five to four, and yes, they were down four to one, which is exactly what the Bruins were. Now the Bruins were down four to two in like the last few minutes of Game Seven, so it's a little bit more impactful. But a Toronto team that had a—I mean, listen, by the way, they're not out of this series yet because if you remember, they they, they choked a three-one lead. Now this series is likely over, but if there's any team that I'm looking at right now in all sports with a three-one lead the team I'm not trusting are the Toronto Maple Leafs because they literally did it two years ago and they are literally capable of doing that because they are that kind of team. But again, right, off the bat, Alex Kalorn and Mikhail Sergachev scored. It was already 2-0 Tampa. And then Toronto got on the board when Achari scored. It was 2-1. And then Stamkos made it 3-1. Kalorn made it 4-1. It's 4-1 going into the third. What are you thinking against the defending conference champions? Well... Austin Matthews scores, makes it a two-goal game. Then Matthews scores again, makes it a one-goal game. And then Morgan Riley scores in one. He makes it, he ties it. And then Alex Kerfoot walked it off. And it's the second time in this series the Leafs won it in overtime. And now the Leafs are a win away from round two, which they have not been in, they haven't been to round two in God knows how long. So obviously just the major collapse for Bay. For it. It's an unexpected Rare collapse by a team that's been so perfect the last few years. A team with one of the most dominant goaltenders we've seen in many years. And of all teams, Toronto was the team to mirror against that. So, But this series ain't over. Hell no, that's, this series is not over yet because Tampa Bay is still capable of a lot of things and Toronto is capable of choking a 3-1 series. Will they do it? Probably not. But this series ain't over yet. I'm not calling it game yet. So there we had that game. And then Vegas is also went away from round two. They beat the Jets 4-2. to I got to say, man, I mean, I picked Vegas to win this series in a few games. Winnipeg, obviously, great defensive team, but, you know, didn't get the short end of the stick. But we saw Blake Wheeler. Again, the Jets started off first nothing, and then uh, Howden tied it at 1. William Carlson made it 2-1. to Barbashev made it 3-1. to And then Pierre-Luc Dubois made it a one-goal game, but then uh, Howden hit an empty netter. And uh, Vegas walked away with it. But Shea Theodore having two big assists in this game to kind of cap things off was uh, pretty big, so Vegas up three games to one on the Winnipeg Jets, and then uh, this series too, man, the Seattle Kraken, I picked them in seven, or six, six or seven, but uh, how about the Seattle Kraken beating the Avs in game four in overtime, three to two, and the OT winner came from Jordan Eberle, Islanders legend, so yeah, again, again, the, the, the Avs almost made the comeback, right, Borgen scored, Daniel Sprong scored, they were, the Kraken cracker up to nothing, but then Miko Rantanen scored two goals in the second, the dude's ridiculous, Tied the game, and then Jordan Eberle, three minutes into overtime, uh, ended up hitting the game winner, first goal of the series, and the Kraken just evened the series up at two games apiece. Man, again, this has been a tough series. Two great defensive teams, um, but what's going to kill Colorado, man? Kale McCarr got suspended for Game Five. That's huge. That's one of the. That is the best offensive defenseman in the league, and Kale McCarr got suspended for making an, for. I think it was an illegal interference or an illegal cross check of, of some sort that that was obviously very unnecessary so that's huge I mean yeah Colorado's got game five for, in their favor but like damn that is that is tough so that series is tied at uh, two games apiece we all know that and then tonight for the NBA so we actually have three elimination games tonight so the Celtics can move on the Nuggets can move on and the Suns can move on so we've got uh, Game 5 of Celtics-Hawks, we have Game 5 of the Nuggets and Wolves, with the Nuggets up three games to one, and the Suns and Clippers Game 5, in which the Suns are up three games to one. So, are all three teams going to move on? I think I think the Celtics and the Nuggets do it, I don't know about the Suns, but then again, all three could because Kawhi's out for the Clippers. So, But uh, yeah, that's what we got going on tonight for the NBA playoffs, and if the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Canes can become the first team to move on to Round 2, they... Uh, host the Islanders in Game 5. They're up three games to one. we got Game 5 of the Wild and Stars series, with that series tied at two games apiece, and then Game 5 of the Kings and Oilers series, which is also tied at two games apiece. We we, we have more intense series in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. But I think the Canes ended tonight. I think the the Wild and the Oilers take it tonight. So, uh, hey man, that's what we got going on around the playoffs tonight. And then for baseball, uh, right now... Sox are actually up 3-0, but I don't want to jinx them again. Rockies up 4-0 on the Cardians. Dodgers up 2-1 on the Pirates in the bottom of the second. Astros and Rays scoreless in the middle of the second. Mariners and Phillies scoreless in the top of the third. Rangers up 1-0 on the Reds in the top of the third. Uh, White Sox and Blue Jays are scoreless in the top of the first. Nationals and Mets scoreless in the top of the first as well. And then at seven we've got the 15-8 Braves hosting the 12-11 Marlins. The 15-8 uh, Brewers hosting the 8-13 Tigers. The 13-10 uh, Twins hosting the 13-10 Yankees. The 12 and 9 Cubs hosting the 12 and 12 Padres, the 11 and 12 Angels hosting the 5 and 18 uh, A's, the 13 and 11 Diamondbacks hosting the 5 and 18 Royals, the 9 and 13 Giants hosting the 9 and 14 Cardinals. So that is uh, what we've got going on around baseball, NBA playoffs, and all that. So yeah, it's basically it. But uh, so in terms of general news across the NFL, because again, we are two days away from the draft, so going to be talking more about the NFL. Uh, Obviously not as much as yesterday, because yesterday was basically a lot of the Aaron Rodgers trade talk, but uh, we did get more fifth year option, you know, except for for contract extensions. But uh, apparently just some more news out there. Brian Burns, Pro Bowl defensive end, uh, did undergo surgery in his right ankle and is expected to be ready for training camp. So, you know, Carolina is going to be different a little bit this year. Panthers also re signed one of their backup safeties, uh, Sam Franklin Jr. <laughs> sure, I don't know. Uh, the Vikings also picked up the fifth year option for Justin Jefferson, which means he's got a fully guaranteed salary of 20 million nearly in his fifth year option. And the Bengals also gave theirs to uh, Joe Burrow, which means he's going to be making about almost 30 million annually. So. It's crazy that those guys are already getting 50-year options. It's actually scary, but you know. And the Chiefs also brought back uh, a guy that I thought was still on their team, but they brought back Tommy Townsend, their Pro Bowl punter, to a one-year, $2.6 million deal. Hey, the dude was a Pro Bowler. So, you know, specifically speaking, one of the best punters in the league, but, you know, it's always getting year two million. So that's what we've got uh, going on around the NFL. And then for the NBA, I do think we got another uh, award announced tonight. So, yes, Rookie of the Year. Officially revealed and, as expected, uh, Magic rookie, Paolo Bonquero, One Rookie of the Year. First overall pick. Was practically leading in every offensive statistic. Points per game, rebounds. Not rebounds, but points per game. Field goal percentage. Um, free throw percentage. Three. Point, I mean, Paolo had a great year. Paolo is great. The Magic are going to be a fun team to look forward to. They were, again, they were alive for the play for majority of the year. They have obviously got a lot of more time to... To um, look into this and, and build upon. So, as expected, Paulo Boncaro won uh, Rookie of the Year. So, there's no way anybody's saying somebody got robbed. J-Dub, J-Dub did not get robbed. You're out of your mind. Paulo absolutely deserved that. So, But, uh, and also good news for Kings fans. De'Aaron Fox says he plans to play. So, remember, he was doubtful for Game 5 tomorrow. And uh, he said he's going to play. So, I mean, hey, he knows what's at stake. He knows what's going on. Uh, Otto Porter picked up his $6 million player option with the Raptors. The dude barely even played last year for the Raptors, so, you know. Um, So, hey, that's uh, all we've got going on there. Um, And then for the NHL, Gerard Gallant's game. Don't really care about that. McCarr got suspended. Um, Oh, the Flames, City of Calgary, and Province of Alberta have reached an agreement in principle, to proceed with a $1 billion project to build a new arena for the Flames. I mean, they got a a fan base down there in Calgary. They really do. They really do. Or up there, I should say. And then for baseball, uh, the Brewers DFA'd Javi Guerra for an assignment. Dodgers promoted Michael Bush, but the bigger news was finally giving Brian Reynolds the extension. So we were talking about this over the offseason. We talked about this when the Sox played them. And yes, the Pirates finally gave Brian Reynolds their very talented outfielder, a contract session. I, I just want to see what the details are. So it is a eight-year, $106 million deal for Brian Russell, St. Pittsburgh. Hey, the dude probably sat there and said, hey, if we're terrible, I ain't going to be here. But the Pirates have actually been somewhat decent to start off the season. But then again, it's only late April. We're not even a month into the year anything can change, but Brian Reynolds stand loyal to Pittsburgh, and, uh, you know, Pirates fans can get a little excited about him, and O'Neill Cruz, whenever he comes back, so, but anyway, that is all I've got for today, Celtics, let's end this shit tonight, man, end this shit, beat Atlanta, get out of the next round, just get this out of our heads, man, go beat the Hawks tonight, get us to, get us to round two, Sox as well, you know, go beat Baltimore, you know, that's, that's also there, but more important is, uh, the Celtics getting out of the first round, and beating this Hawks team in five games, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm on Roy, and peace out, and go seize, baby. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.